0: Um, with that being said the judge ruled in favor of the state and denied our access into the case and that's where we are um today so even though we've been involved since she was taken into custody they're saying that we were not involved
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you don't have the child place to Tanya and Chris, they have a case in Alabama, where they're, no, in Georgia, where they're trying to get their, I believe, nephew out of foster care, placed with them. Tanya, still there? Yes. Okay, go ahead, pick up the story where you left off.
0: Um, So we went to court in um, December and the judge was asked to be attorney for her witnesses or whoever she was going to bring forth. when she said who we had, the state's attorney, the DCS attorney filed a verbal motion to have our motion dismissed based on a form that should have been filed with the, with the motion. Now, this motion was originally filed in um, 2020. It was heard and the judge ruled on it, um, in 2020, we went in um, June. It was supposed to be heard again. Now, all this time this form had to been filed. Now all of a sudden they want to file a motion <laughs> to have it dismissed because of this um, form. So our attorney was saying one, they disagree with him filing a verbal motion because it didn't give them time to respond to that motion. But two, um, they she did not have all the information because she was depending on what the state would give her that's the only way she can get information on the case since we were not parties to the case is via the state and the state didn't give her all the information. Um, with that being said, the judge ruled in favor of the state and denied our access into the case and that's where we are um, today so even though we've been involved since she was taken into custody, they're saying that we were not involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the child placed with you basically, right? We, we do not. Okay, have you appealed that judge's decision?
0: Um. We appealed the first, well, the second attorney appealed the first. Um, the first one this one i do not believe has been appealed
1: okay if time hasn't run out you should talk to your attorney about appealing that definitely but there's some other things that i would probably advise you to talk to your attorney about and that's number one filing a complaint with the department of health and human services uh the department of health and human services runs and creates regulations that all states must abide by in these cps cases and a hot area of um i guess complaint and litigation right now is the placement of children with relatives so many times i hear this just every week every day about relatives who can't get children placed with them <clears throat> and there there's a lot of reasons for that in my humble opinion But it's not what I believe the law is. And the, you know, CPS is adept at making excuses and using the law to keep children from relatives. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about, passionate about this subject is because I was raised by my grandmother, my grandparents. So, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart, in my heart for those relatives who are trying to get these kids or get kids to raise them, you know, because their children, for whatever reason, aren't able to. So. File a complaint with the department of health and human services it's an administrative complaint you can find it online and file consider filing a complaint with the department of justice the civil rights division in your area because your civil rights may be you know being violated not only yours but perhaps the child's let me ask you this because we talked earlier this week when you called me at my office what have you learned from this situation and what would you want to tell relatives out there in the audience what to do if they're trying to get a child placed with them?
0: Um, one, I would tell people first and foremost, even though I feel that you should not have to when your relative's stepping up, the first thing I would tell them to do is to retain an attorney, someone to help them fight. The second thing I would tell them to do, which luckily my husband and I did, um, make sure you document every form of communication. If you speak with that social worker um, or whoever you speak with on the phone, um, follow it up with an email so you would have written documentation. Um, Because I think that's what's going to help us in the long run, we will be able to show everything that we have done throughout the case to fight for my nephew. we you know, um, we even have where we would ask the social worker a question and she would, you know, respond back and say, I'm working on it, just be patient. But yet she would use time against us and say, well, since the child has been in custody for this long, is that well, we we have documentations showing what we have done from um, the onset of the case up to the current moment. I would definitely tell people to retain an attorney, even if you feel like you don't need one. It's best to get one in the beginning, versus at the end. Um, to keep records of all phone conversations, um, and fight not to. In our case, the false appearance was our supervisor. She, um, they were the ones that would supervise our visitations. Fight not to have that done, because then that leaves room for the. For false allegations, that you then have to get, have to go back and prove or not true. Um, so that's what I've learned in in this case, and, and I would say never give up.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what? That's very astute of you. The things that you mentioned because it's things that I have told people, you know, over the years, and a lot of times people think that um, I'm being a bit alarmist uh... by telling you uh... get it. talk to an attorney by telling you keep track of everything you know um, write down everything send your confirming emails you know this week a grandmother called me and she's in the same position you're in and she's trying to get her grandchildren placed with her but here was her scenario they contacted her at the very beginning to take the children and She thought without talking to anyone that, number one, if she took the children, that it would prevent the mother and father from getting the children back or be a hurdle that the parents would have to um, jump in order to get the children back. Number one, that's a false assumption. Number two, she said that she was in the process of remodeling her house and couldn't take the children right then and there, but told the social worker she'd talk to her family and you know she'd get back to her in about a month. Well, the, unbeknownst to her, the social worker wrote in a report <clears throat> that the grandmother was not interested in taking care of the children. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, now that's a that's that's a, a bit different from what the grandmother said, right? Now when the social yeah. when 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 the grandmother told the social worker, "Hey, I don't want to be an in interference with the parents getting the children back." The social worker should have said, "Oh, you taking the children is not an interference with, getting, you know, the parents getting the children back." You know, they're not in this case they don't have to be related. Well, that was never said. Now, you know, flash forward a few months. Um, not even a year, but flash forward a few months, and this poor woman is trying to get her tra- grandchildren out of foster care. She's learned that the foster parent wants to adopt the grandchildren yeah. and thereby severing all familial relationships with the child. And now the social workers are giving her a hard time, and they are basically telling the judge, allegedly, that this grandmother you know, is late to the game, um, and she didn't step up when she should have. And that's not that that didn't happen at all. You know, a lot of people think that social workers in every situation are going to do what's fair and right. And that's not true. Now, is it ever true? Yeah, I, I imagine that it is. But I don't hear about those cases, you know, because social workers following the law, people don't need to call me i hear about the cases that you know the social workers not telling the accurate truth or making false representations or working against them that's what i hear about right and i hear a lot right. of that, and i hear i get a lot of calls about that every every day of the week listen so uh, that's
0: what happened
1: go ahead that's what happened what i
0: was gonna say that's what happened to us like in the beginning the severity of the case or the allegations, which were never against my brother. However, we don't care whether the allegations were against my brother, the mom, Uh, we don't care about that. The only thing that we care about is my niece being placed with family. Um, But we were never told the severity of the case. So the Uh case worker did admit that is based Uh in this case, cases that are against the mom the mom has other children in foster care right um, which has nothing to do with my brother which has nothing to do with us those children are not related to us therefore and they were in they were taken away before my brother even got in the picture so she admitted that she's basing it off of that
1: Tanya the problem is is that you know a couple of times during your story you told me what you feel You know, your sense of justice. And on my YouTube channel, I have a a, a video about what is justice. Listen, justice isn't what you think it is. And if you view these cases the way you think right and wrong should be done, you're probably going to be left out in the cold. Because real justice is different from what people think in their heart. Hey, Tanya and Chris, I want to thank you guys for calling in and thank you for sharing. We have to take our next break now, but call us back in about a month or two and let us know what happened. Would you please?
0: Yes, I will. All right. Thank you.
1: All right. right, This is The Secret, How to Fight CPS and Win. We'll be right back.